Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a copyrighted big radio midgets production. And this week we treat you to an encore performance. This is back in 2010. Rose Cameron, EuroRSCG, was our special guest. This was a great interview. We are happy to bring it to you once again here on The Advertising Show. Enjoy. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. You love double mint gum. Double good, double good, double mint gum. Double fresh flavor, double... As promised on The Advertising Show, our special guest uh, this weekend is Rose Cameron. Chief Strategy Officer, Euro RSCG Chicago. Rose, indeed a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us. A pleasure to be with the both of you. Well, and what a great, uh, a great firm you work for, uh, Euro RSCG out of Chicago. Uh, we came to know you through your Ad Age CMO Strategy article, which appeared recently in Advertising Age, entitled, it's, Is Your Brand a Beacon? Or a spotlight. First off, for our listeners, explain the difference. Let's begin with the easy one, that being a spotlight, which I think most uh, most uh, brand managers are doing today. Describe that for us, please, Rose. Well, what we're seeing an awful lot of are these meetings where essentially you have people wanting to know all about the consumer insights and spotlighting the consumer but not actually addressing their own brand issues or standing up for the meaning of their brand. And so what I'm seeing a lot of, and I'm sure you lads are as well, is either in the marketplace a lot of what I call kind of mirror marketing where you're just reflecting back the customer's lifestyle or the customer's issues versus actually being firm in your commitment to your brand and showing its relevance to them. So that's the difference between, say, a spotlight where you're just spotlighting the consumer versus a beacon where you're being far more aspirational and addressing their needs and emotional desires. You note in your article, Rose, consumers are consolidating their brand choices and ultimately selecting the ones that reflect not their realities, but as you just said, their aspirations and values. Can you give us an example of uh, what you're speaking of here, Rose? Well, I think it's interesting because what you're actually seeing, for example, in retail right now is a decrease of upwards to 15% of their SKUs, actually taking them off the shelves um, because they're realizing that we went through this whole period where we thought freedom of choice was what it was all about, right? That people could personalize something to their exact specifications. But with all that's going on right now in the recession, what we're actually seeing is a desire for freedom from choice, right? I want less muck. I want a greater clarity in the things that I'm dealing with and the brands that I'm dealing with. And I'm prioritizing my life so that I actually have a greater sense of control because we've essentially felt out of control with a lot of these elements around us that we have little to no control over, right? So you see people cocooning, you see people prioritizing their brands, you see them actually cutting back on their activities and their investments. So 
that is what I meant by them, that. And what you see is rather than, say, pushing um, in one category four or five or six brands that I may be keen on, I may just focus that back to one or two that I'm really spending my money on. So even even during more prosperous times, uh, Rose, I'm assuming that you would come from the camp that was against more brand choices as uh, opposed to more brand choices of being a good thing. I think that, you know, in any of these cases, you're looking for your brand to maintain its relevance. So you've got to keep the trust going in that brand, and you've got to keep investing in what I call the original customer contract with that brand, because every brand has a contract, like the brand you may originally have started out with um, on, say, Toyota, which you were talking about earlier. Um, But... Where that evolves to is very much up to Toyota, but it's got to be true to what the original contract was with the customer, right? And any new brands that spin off from Toyota have to actually add to the equity of that parent firm and not start completely distracting from it. Outstanding point and very timely. Let's talk for a moment about uh, a global value study, uh, Euro RS. CG conducted, I guess, in October of '09. First off, if you would, Rose, describe the study and what you were hoping to accomplish with the study. Well, we had originally conducted the study a year prior, and then we came back in October of 2009. And what really we wanted to understand was how was this recession affecting shopping behaviors, purchase decision-making differently from previous recessions, right? And what we discovered, and we we actually launched it and fielded it across a variety of different geographies, United States, UK, France. And what we found was that people had definitely shifted and that they were seeing uh, long-term implications on their shopping behaviors, that it wasn't going to be just a short-term behavioral change but that they were actually forecasting that they were significantly changing not only the entire slate of brands that they're looking at, but how they will purchase in the long term. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that in behaviors like, I, you probably know Visa, 70% of their business this year alone was in their debit division, not in their credit division. Hmm. So you're seeing people pretty much trying to live within their means. And what we found, which we found quite interesting, you'd expect in a recession for people to feel absolutely, you know, dire about shopping. And we actually found a renewed interest in shopping and that people were becoming these incredibly active bargain hunters. And they were actually getting more jollies out of their shopping than they previously had during the times of plenty. Sure. More more meaningful purchases, uh, it sounds like. and. If- yeah, of course, we've heard uh, that savings today in among American consumers is greater uh, all-time high in decades. And I guess what you're saying there is that consumers are making more uh, thoughtful choices in their purchases. And it's not necessarily that they're not still making uh, you know, high-level purchases and spending some money. They're just doing it with a little bit more deliberation. Absolutely. And they're feeling better 
about it as a result. They're getting more visceral feedback. And when you spend more time thinking about your purchases, you actually spend more time thinking about the brands that represent that that are directly linked with those purchases. Makes sense, Rose Cameron, our special guest. Rose is Chief Strategy Officer, Ural RSCG Chicago. We've got more in just a moment. Yeah, you mentioned last segment uh, positioning your brand as a beacon rather than a spotlight. Take us through, if you would, Rose, the mind shift that must take place in order to begin to see one's brand as a beacon. And, and talk also a little bit about the role that uh, digital and social media uh, and marketing must take in order to be more of a beacon-like brand. Absolutely. I think the first thing that you've got to internalize is that point that I brought up earlier, that every brand is essentially built around an emotional purpose or a reason for being, okay? And they have, as a result, contracts that they've built with customers over time. And if that's the case, you can't go willy-nilly into just reinventing a brand every time there's a new CMO. And I think that very often that can be the knee-jerk reaction to prove... Um, their point to, to prove their purpose when new CMOs enter organizations. And it's something that is a very delicate thing because you have to remember that before you walked in that door, there was a brand that had a relationship with thousands, sometimes tens, hundreds of thousands of individuals. So you interacting with it actually affects all of those individuals. So the first shift that that I ask people to make is to truly understand the origins, the mythos of their brand. Where was it born from? Because that is usually its emotional purpose, its archetype. And then what we need to discover is what is its relevance today? So the customer insight really is about the relevance of the brand at that point in time in its lifespan. For example, when I worked on McDonald's, you know, it started off as the dreamer in search of his dreams with Ray Kroc being very representative of the brand. You know, 50 years on, you can't say it's the dreamer in search of his dream when it sold over a billion hamburgers. Right. You know, it found the dream already. So kind of where is it now in its trajectory? It's still this thing about rejuvenation and refreshment, an innocent brand. But what is meaningful to people right now and what we defined with that is a playful optimism, that people were hungry for a playful optimism, still relevant to that original archetype of rejuvenation and refreshment, that emotional need people need fulfilled, but putting it in a skin that's relevant for its time and its age and the longevity it's been here in the United States of America. You know, I'm sorry, go ahead, Rose. No, I was just going to mention that you mentioned in your your article uh, American mythologist Joseph Campbell. I'm a huge fan of his and read a lot of his work. And I hear some of his terms being used not only in your article but as you speak today. Uh, something Something to be said about mythology and the brand, right, Rose? Well, let's face it. We tell stories because for a reason. We tell stories because they teach us how to survive, they teach us how to continue, they teach us how to foster relationships with others. They are, you know, those stepping stones through life. And if you look at what we do in marketing and communications, we are very often building the storyline and the narrative for the brands that we are the caretakers of. So really my objective is to 
at every new chapter of my grand stories that I'm the steward of. I'm not trying to reinvent the book and jump from some mystery to a love affair to a tragedy to, you know, an action drama. That would break down all consumer confidence in that branch, right? They just want to see that narrative keeping them along. And to your point about social media and digital, I think that that is not only, you know, looking for the relevance and how you position that brand and stay true to its core archetype, but also how you communicate it and how you engage people in the story is critical to the times. And what we're finding now is we're opening up the authorship of our brands to the consumers themselves. And because they have their own publishing environment, they have the web, they have their mobile devices. And from that, they can interact directly into the narrative and add their spin to the story. And that is one of the more exciting and dynamic elements that are happening to brands right now. Our guest today on the Advertising Show is Rose Cameron, Chief Strategy Officer, Euro RSCG Chicago. We've got another segment to spend with Rose. We hope you'll have a chance to stick around as well. Yeah, I think our listeners would enjoy the off-air commentary we're having rather than what we're talking about on-air. But, you know, maybe at another time we can yeah, all get together Christmas and party. Have, a, have a few and talk about that. You know, you've mentioned last segment uh, and the first segment as well, being true to the original customer contract as well as understanding the brand ethos, understanding where the brand was born, what its relevance is to customers. You know, how is it that a brand manager that should understand these concepts can – is it ego, I guess, that allows them or requires them to not see where the brand has been and honor that and want to tend to put their own mark on some new direction uh, for a brand? What, what, what's going on with that, Rose? Uh, you know, it, it very much depends. I think sometimes the brand of the individual gets in the way of the brand of the enterprise. Um, and that can be very challenging. And I think that they also feel that there's an expectation. I mean, there was a while there during the dot-com era where it was all about reinvention. So anytime you came on board, it was kind of your remit was change. If they didn't see you creating change, then you weren't doing your job. And as a result, I think that, you know, people got the wrong impression of what really how people interact with brands and how, because you don't want in some of these relationships that are really deep and really wonderful, you don't want to wake up next to that brand the next day and go, oh my gosh, what happened to you? (laughs) And I think on a couple of occasions we've had that experience and it's been jarring and what you actually do is you break that contract and you create a dissonance and it increases the the level of kind of branded distrust that exists out there. And I cannot tell you the amount of sessions that I've done with young influencers who are kind of cutting it in their own way, and you're sitting with them and you're going, well, do you want the brand to be this and this and this? And you think (laughs) that, you know, they're going to love all these cool, funky things you're coming up with. And they're like, I I just want to eat it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, we all as consumers, even though we're in this business, we can reflect back on 20 years and and 30 years for that matter and see brands that have taken a detour only to return to their core 
brand essence or, or, or competencies relative to the consumer. And those are really good examples of how uh, brand managers realized exactly what you're talking about today, Rose. We have only a few minutes left. I want to mention that your article has uh, 12 descript- uh, descriptors that reflect aspirational brand stories that you can check out by Googling, I guess, Rose Cameron. Do you have that on? Do you have the article on your site, Rose, or is it just at adage.com? I believe it's adage.com. Yeah. I support the old adage. Yeah. So uh, there or, you know, Google Rose and you'll see uh, probably uh, uh, access to that as well. Just just as we wrap up, uh, you know, Ray and I have wonderfully enjoyed today's uh, interview, but I want to get uh, one final comment from you. You started your advertising career in London at Ogilvy's. And then you came to the U.S. and you worked at TBWA Shite Day, or maybe that was in Canada. We'll get clarification that for that in a moment. But how was the agency business different in Great Britain versus North America? Oh, back when you made the change. That that is that is a huge question. I would say the biggest difference is in in the U.K. We have a real respect for the consumer's intellect. And the advertising shows that. We expect them to be able to take on relatively complex concepts. We expect them to take the mickey and be able to, you know, work their way through things that here would be considered by many clients too contentious or unsafe. And I think that there's just a sense in the UK of a just an overall greater respect for the intellect of their audience and their ability to realize this is... Kids, this is communications. It's uh, it's not the Bible. Uh, this is it can be fun, and they they get it. Um, that would be the biggest difference, I think. Rose, we are uh, unfortunately out of time, but I have to tell you, it's been a pleasure to have you on the advertising show. EuroRSCG.com, uh, I think, is uh, is the uh, website here if you want to find out more about, obviously, what uh, this uh, incredible agency is well. But, Rose, thanks again for being a part of the advertising show. Great, Brad. An absolute delight. Thank you so much. And another Encore show here on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Hope you enjoyed today's interview with Rose Cameron. Euro RSCG, The Advertising Show, is supported by a platform called Tendency. That's available from a company here in Houston, our home market, called uh, Shipple. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L, Shipple Marketing. And they are great at web marketing. They've been doing The Advertising Show for many, many years. We suggest you check them out, S-C-H-I-P-U-L dot com. And thanks, Ed and this group, for doing such a great job for us for all these years. The Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com, The Advertising Show, a copyrighted big radio midgets production. We'll talk to you soon. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.